Hey there, Stoke fans. By the time you're watching this, we'll already be hard at work on our all-access preview of Star Trek Online. That's right, our NDA's been lifted, so we'll give you our personal in-depth previews of the game. We wanted to kick off the new year right, so we're going to release it as its own separate episode. Check jupiterbroadcasting.com this Friday, January 1st, 2010, for our special Star Trek Online preview episode. Welcome to Stoked, Episode 17, the ultimate Star Trek online podcast. My name is Chris, and I'm, with me right here... Yeah, that's me. Jeremy. Good job, Jeremy. There you go. Although they probably got it from the lower third. Yeah. Well, what are we talking about on this week's episode of Stoked? You might why think... Don't, why don't we talk about uh, Star Trek online? You might think we were going to talk... I was going to say, you might think we are going to talk about Star Wars, The Old Republic. You were wrong. This is, this is a Star Trek online podcast. So you can go ahead and click off now if that was an accident on your part. And you might also say, but Jeremy and Chris, there's nothing to talk about with Star Trek Online. It's been a short week with the holidays, the You'd New be wrong Year's. again. Oh my goodness. We've got a lot to talk about. At the top of the show, we kind of have a discussion segment we want to get into. It's <clears throat> kind of the framework of it is 2010. How is it going to look for Star Trek Online? Now, 2010, as many of you might know already, is... Uh, next year. Next year. Which is soon. We're yeah, recording like, this on the 26th of December. So it'll come out like a day or two before the next year. Which is almost perfect timing, Jeremy. Yeah. And then we'll also go over some news. We've got a little bit more information about the Klingons. We're not going to spend too much time on that, but we have just a couple of things. Also, there's a name that starship competition, and we've got the mm -hmm. screenshots of those starships that you get to So name. if you haven't already seen them, you can take a look at them. And actually, I had to go through and dig these up, because once you already send in your, your application for the names, you can't find them anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, so did, you send in? did you send in? Yeah. All right, we'll save it. Yeah. Are you going to tell them what they were on the show? Sure. All right, but we'll save it. I have not named them. yet. <laughs> uh, all right, then moving on, we've got a couple of articles. Warcry got to play the uh, first like three hours or so of the game, the tutorial sure. section of the yeah. game, and they've, they've put up their thoughts. We'll give some commentary Several sites on that. actually have done that. And, then, and so. I think we've, we've both played the tutorial, so we'll talk a little bit about uh, where we agree uh -oh. or disagree with that. Is that a, is that a beta leak? Okay. I don't think so. I don't think <laughs> saying something exists is a beta leak. Oh, okay. All right, well, let's get into the discussion. So, 2010, Star Trek Online comes out on February. On February what? 2nd. 2nd. Here in the U.S. It's in the 5th everywhere else. So, that gives you the whole year. At the end of the year, at this <clears> point in 2010, we could theoretically be sitting here saying, how did we do? How did 2010 work out for Star Trek Online? Where are we at? We very well may. And, uh... So I'd love to be able to look back at this segment then and say, okay, we nailed this or we didn't nail that. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about that. And the first bullet point I want to talk about, because this is one of the things that gets batted around Hit a lot. Hit me with the bullet. People don't necessarily like to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Some people love to talk about this. Is the game going to be Trek enough to bring on hardcore fans in 2010? Well, Chris, I think this is yours. Because you are the more hardcore of the two. I of am. Us. You know, it's interesting. We got a letter sent to our tips inbox, tips at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was a, a, a nice lengthy email, which usually I'll, I'll defer to Jeremy. But I went ahead and read it because he forwarded <laughs> it to me and said, no, you really do need to read this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was asking, you know, well, we've talked a lot about, um, and this is the next bullet point, but I'll just say we talked a lot about the new Abrams Star Trek movie. We've talked about Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and oh, mm -hmm. I don't like Voyager. Oh, I don't like the new movie. This guy's point was Trek is Trek, and in whatever form it comes in, you know, you don't really get to pick and choose between 
your different treks. It's right. It's all Star Trek. And and it, people that might have been upset with the way that Star Trek Enterprise was was brought across, um, they're still Trekkies. Here's and an interesting It was still point. a Trek product. To me, something's either Star Trek or it's not. And I haven't come across something that's not Star Trek to me. If it's if it has if it follows some of the basic formulas. Mm-hmm. I mean, for example, the animated series is very much Star Trek to me, but. It, it really is not like anything else. No, it's not. Um, you know, well, you could get away with a lot more when you're animating. The motion picture and The Wrath of Khan were nothing like the original series. That's, at that's all. true, yeah. But they're still very much Star Trek, and I don't think anybody questions that. Uh, and to this guy's well, point... Well, I think, well, for those particular examples, they're iconic enough that even if they're not... Well, I, they're iconic because time has passed. Well, what I'm saying is even though they didn't adhere to what the original series had set up, they changed it in a way that we now accept. But there accept. was some basic formula that they followed, you yeah. know, um, which is a basic storytelling formula. Yeah. Uh, this guy's point, though, was you know you can't really just say you either like some Trek and don't like some Trek. You either like all Star Trek or you don't. And to that point, uh, it wasn't really until um, Voyager ended and I started talking to friends that like Star Trek and things like that where people had – comments and they were comparing deep space nine voyager and the next generation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i had friends some people didn't like voyager and some of them did and to me the idea of not liking one series over another never never ever really because it was just star trek even even like several episodes ago we we went we went down the table here brian Uh oh and by the way brian probably won't be with us for a few weeks we vaporized him he's he's Uh, however, we do have a sample of his hair, so we're going to reconstruct him in the transporter soon, but uh, that's not until he's finished moving. Um, yeah. Long story, but there's an episode about that, I'm sure. Uh, but just a few episodes ago, the three of us went down the line here and said, list in order of your favorite your, your Star Trek series. Mm-hmm. We did. And I couldn't really give an answer. Well, because you said that even the one that sat at the bottom, which I believe was Voyager, was still yeah. Star Trek. It was still great. But it's a relatively new concept to me to yeah. to put Star Trek series in order. Right. Because it's always just been Star Trek, and I just love everything Star Trek. Right. And it, uh, the whole thing was it was a whole new co- – not that episode, but just within the last few years, it's been a whole new concept <clears> to me that uh, you know I might not like some things over other things. And and then it, then it kind of – once you kind of get in that mindset, it's like, okay, now I really don't like this aspect of it. Right. So it's possible that will happen with Star Trek Online, though, in my experience, I think it follows a certain formula. Um. I think it gets a few important things wrong, but it I does. think I think you can't do a video game. Well, even you know Zink, without those things, uh, Craig Zinkovich came out and and he was quoted for this several times around the forums. It still gets thrown around on occasion. When canon conflicts with fun, fun will win. Right. So there are going to be times in Stowe where you will encounter things that Despite. are either completely unrealistic or completely in violation of Canada. Uh, uh, can- Canada. Canna. 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 Canon. Canon. But despite even the fact hearing, that it has to be fun. In the past, we've heard canon is, ba- uh, is Bible. Right. Literally, that was the quote. So there's some conflicting information from Cryptic. But I do agree, you know, uh, obviously one of the first contention points is there's probably too much fighting. Maybe. But yeah. how do you do a video game? There's there's literally just not a lot of fun to be had. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's true. Without, By the time you that. reach you know your first rank upgrade, you've probably destroyed more spaceships in your career than Kirk, Picard, Cisco, and uh, Janeway combined. Right. And not to mention <laughs> Archer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy, too. Yeah, that guy, too. <laughs> uh, it, it is true. But then again, you know, it's, uh, it's a time of war, which actually... It is sort of a so storyline justification. It is kind of a, well, but they and they blew some ships up. They sure did, and they did it well too. I mean, mm-hmm. there's some pretty epic. There's some. They got some. Sorry, Jeremy. They got some fancy okay. camera work in that in some of those episodes, following the Defiant as it mm-hmm. flew around, blowing stuff up. 
Um, kind of innovative for Star Trek, really. It was, and it is because it's a time of war, and so you, right. you have storyline justification, and I think at a certain point you have to step back and go, all right, well, it is a video game, and it, I have to I have to agree to certain laws of video games. When, when I'm well, like a, a big example of that is death penalties. Um, we won't go into the details of how harsh they are or anything, but we already know that you're not going to lose your ship if it blows up. You do in other games like EVE Online. It's a much more bigger thing, uh, a much more bigger thing when you die you lose your ship it's a, we yeah, already uh, know that in stow you're not going to so right. we know that despite whatever other penalties might be in place if you die in space combat you come right back and you can just continue with your mission and uh that some temporal anomaly i'm sure maybe maybe but some space anomaly i guess they haven't really worked anything into the storyline that we know about that's going to explain that and that violates some people's ideas of what is realistic but, and but, what is canon but that's a perfect example of there's just certain laws you have to be okay with and so I guess the original framework of this question was, is it Star Trek enough? Hopefully. Mm-hmm. I'd say yes. It's definitely not a game with a Star Trek skin. It's definitely a lot oh, more no. Than that. Yeah, a lot of people that have been reading things online and jumping to the conclusions that this is just like a WoW game with a Star Trek skin. I can put no, those fears to rest. It is not it that is not at all. That, it is no. very much a Star Trek game. Yeah. It's very much uh, Star Trek storyline. There's very much Star Trek but by the same stuff, but... By the same token, it's also not a Star Trek episode. I, you know, I guess what I would say, kind of bringing it back, is it's it's Star Trek as this motion picture was to the original series, as J.J. Abrams Star Trek 2009 was to Nemesis. Kind of reinventing the genre in small ways, but keeping the spirit of it intact. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and that's I a think good way and to I think it. if people playing it, if the Star Trek fans that are going to come to this game, who maybe aren't traditional MMO players, aren't even traditional video game players, yeah, if they're okay with those concepts. Then if they're then they'll they'll be okay with the is it Trek enough question and no. I think that uh, Cryptic is trying to do a pretty good job of this with setting up the whole path to twenty four oh nine you know explaining yeah. the game yeah. world and explaining why things are the way that they are yeah um, in ways that fit with the lore they're right. trying to do it but you know some things you just can't explain away like like the death penalty right um, now next kind of f- f- critical thing that I think will be for uh, the Im- will impact Star Trek Online success in 2010 mm-hmm. will be uh, the new movie franchise. Yeah. Now, we may get a new movie in 2010 or 2011, but uh, essentially... Again, with this new cast. Essentially, there's going to be a decent infusion of a <clears throat> player base who's coming to Star Trek because they loved the movie. Yeah. And Actually, I have an online friend who uh, I played games with for years now who, who doesn't like Star Trek. But she saw the new movie, yeah. and now she wants to play Star My Star. wife is the same. My wife, uh, you know, obviously... My wife almost knows the episode titles because I've watched them right. so much, but she's never watched any of them consecutively. Right. She's not a big Star Trek person. She liked the new movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. She thought it was a good movie and she enjoyed it. And now she's not going to play Star Trek online, but there's people out there that will watch that and then go want to go play. Well, well, I just watched this movie and this is this is something that came out afterwards, so it must be yeah. along the same lines. The problem is, is there's a good set of people that uh, do not like the new movie. I happen to be a fan of the new movie. I would actually, you know, I rewatched it again recently, and I think I'm going to, I think I'm not so much a fan of the movie anymore. I don't know why. Why? Well, a a few major things have turned me off of it. One is that some of the characters are completely inconsistent with the original series, notably Uhura um, and Sulu. I felt that. uh, But but, uh, Sulu was throwing a few pity lines from time to time. Right. And Uhura, essentially the same with a little more. When Sulu became more of a character in the original series, he was always portrayed as being very competent, except in that Naked Time episode when he was sword fighting. But he was always very competent on his game. He was the dutiful officer, 
You know, I don't think Are that you I talking ever saw about just because he couldn't start in the new movie. He couldn't start to go to war because the inertial dampeners were. That engaged. was how we were introduced to Sulu. Yes, but it was also because it was his first time ever piloting that ship. And then later on, he kicked a lot of butt on top of the drill. He did. Yeah. Okay. So, so they they tried to to save and he did some face fancy flying there. later on in the movie. Yeah, when he was avoiding the debris when they warped in. Uh, and and it also just, when they warped right in and when, when Spock was heading towards the bad guy ship to blow it up with the mm-hmm. red matter, they warped in and there was torpedoes coming right at it and they and Sulu got right in there and then they blasted them all. Right. And I thought, you know, that was, in a lot of ways... He, but even if that was him piloting, they didn't, like, focus in on Sulu and look what he was doing on the controls. No, it wasn't, but, but he's the one driving. I mean, only if you know. actions. Well, all right. Okay. I mean, everybody that watched the movie probably right, just pretty, thought that was Kirk. That's a pretty weak argument, so, you, so what, I'm sure you got more than that, because I'm well, and I will, to pieces. I will further admit that Uhura was an almost nothing character in the original series, but um, the character that they invented out of whole cloth for this movie, I didn't really think that they needed to do that. But don't you think it adds more complexity to the overall entire characters? Sure, but the- I didn't think that it was necessary. But you're just, but you just agree, but you do agree that the lack of character development with old Uhura was not in, was 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 inadequate. Sure. Yeah. So now that they've gave, given her something, and and you know, being associated with Spock, who's a pretty major character in the franchise, yeah. is a pretty high position to be in as far as relationship status. Yeah. Goes. So they just brought and, this nothing character up to. But that also now the new your, series is going to be Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. You know, no, now no. it's a new. No, 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 no. It'll, it'll be McCoy. It will be. You see, look, okay. So you're complaining they didn't make they made Sulu incompetent, and this and then then they make Ahura overcompetent because she has extremely good skills. She's uh-huh. able to de- she's able to translate the Romulan language. Right. She was, uh, you know, put on the bridge because of her specialty. Hmm. But now you don't like that. I don't. I. I maybe so you it's, want? So maybe you, it's illogical. But those are my complaints, and that's not not my only complaints. I mean, then there's the science of the whole thing, which might be explained later because we'll get into that. There was a bit of a a voiceover from Leonard Nimoy. uh, uh, I I always hate that they invent something new, like red matter. Right. But they do it over and over again in Star Trek movies. Well, okay, but I I was just talking. This device was a completely new invention, an awesome one, to to, to be sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red matter is not nearly as awesome, but it was a But I was just talking to my brother the other day about why it was that he doesn't like Star Trek as much as I do. And uh, he said that when we were growing up and watching The Next Generation, there were long stints of episodes where every single episode was solved by either Geordi or Wesley inventing something out of thin air. Is that good or bad? I, I don't think it's very good. I think it's it's sloppy writing. I agree, but I love that stuff. <laughs> because if you follow the frameworks, if if you follow like their laws and they their technical manuals and they if they have a component that mm-hmm. does something, that does something else, and they mm-hmm. say, Well, we're gonna combine these three things and, and they're all the real polarity things of- in the Star Trek world. Well, if we shove the deflector dish through the food replicators, well, no, nothing like that. <laughs> but you know, if they when they do talk about like when they when when they wanted to basically turn the main deflector dish into one big torpedo blast to fight the board cube, right? In, in best of both worlds, mm-hmm. uh, that was a seri- that was literally like two minutes of techno babble. But I really enjoy that part of the of the thing because I know the components they're talking about. Sure, you're right though because it's not really anything they had to do. In in the original series, and to give credit, they really didn't do it in the new movie except for with Red Matter. Yeah, but they had to have some. Sort but the of entire A-bomb. concept of the the anomaly that created this alternative universe was Red Matter. Yeah, it was just well, we got to do something. Yeah, and then you know what? I 
after rewatching it just the other day, there's this whole conversation with Spock leading the entire bridge crew through this. Oh, so we're in an alternate reality. It's forced. It's forced. But they had. <laughs> but see, they what you have to give them credit for is how much they're able to accomplish and set up all new characters, all new timeline, uh, but still having solid references to mm-hmm. past stuff. Yeah, all this stuff. Plus, they have an entire its own t- entire storyline and plot. While doing all these things in in one hour and forty five minute chunk is a lot to get it get done. I'm not all saying that, that it was a bad now. movie. I all am. that stuff is done, and and if, if if movie two doesn't completely rock the house, that's a total failure. I think right. movie one was awesome. While they set up all that stuff, while we while we met every character again, we met every backstory, and we 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 met their relationships, and now all that stuff's set. Mm-hmm. The foundation's laid for movie number two. Movie number you know, two I rocks it. it. I think I think Star Trek Online is going to just be it's just going to benefit directly from that. Okay, two things. One, I find it interesting that the hardcore trekker among us um, uh-huh. is more accepting of the new movie, and maybe it goes back to what you were saying about everything Trek is Trek by definition of being I Trek. Think, I think if podcasts existed in in 1979 when the motion picture came out or 78, whatever it was, uh-huh. I think we'd be having the same exact conversation for that movie. Oh, because it's nothing. Nothing like the original series in well, a lot the, of ways. The second thing uh, is I want to get back to the original point that does the success of the right. new movie, is it going to have a, a big impact Can on Star, Star Trek, Trek Online, Online? make it without that? Well, uh, I think that they've already – Cryptic has already acknowledged this in some way by bringing on Zachary Quinto, the new Spock, to do voiceovers within the tutorial. So this is going to be one of the very first things that players encounter is the voice of the new Spock. Right. Even if – you know, they're also – they need to kind of nail home the fact that this is not that timeline. I think they need to get that in there. It's interesting because it does the exact opposite. This is a prime storyline. This is – if you say the events of the movie never happened, this is the continuation of that storyline. Mm-hmm. Love the idea because right. that is a 40-plus year history right. that we all know. Mm-hmm. And to continue it and to make it evolve and to bring it to the next, next logical step mm-hmm. is an awesome way for me to continue – to get something out of that. Yeah, absolutely. But that but, line is so blurred by bringing in Zachary Quinto that I just don't get it because immediately to me it says, oh, well, that's Spock. Right. And then, but you're not anywhere in that Spock's universe at all. That's right. That Spock does not exist. So there's, the like, this game. there's like this understanding people are going to need to have that if they're, not, if they're not kind of tapped into the news sites, the review sites, and shows like this mm-hmm. – they're, they're going to have this weird kind of confusion about it. There is that potential, and I think that a lot of people will actually be turned off by that. Fans of the new movie or you know, you young – You will expect the, the, uh, the new movie yeah, in the world? Yeah, absolutely, especially with it coming out next year and the, the talks for Star Trek mm, – yeah. what is it, 12? Yeah. Are, are in the works, so we know that they're, they're back around scripts and everything. Trek too. Probably. Yeah. Um, but we know that that movie is in the works, and there's probably going to be some press about that. And the, the latest movie just came out on DVD, so there's a big blitz over that. And they'll probably have a collector's edition coming out on February 2nd, you know, if they know what they're doing. Then again, I think we've we got to give the players a little more credit. They'll figure it out. So I, th- I think that, you know, gamers will probably figure it out so and be very accepting the right off the bat. The question, though, was is does, does, does the movie franchise – need to continue to do well in order for Star Trek Online to do well. Oh, no, I don't think so. Really? I think it does. No, I, I think, think that I think you need it, more than I think you need more than the hardcore fan base. Well, no, I think and I don't know how success, you get that without without the success of the movie. I think the success of the new movie is already there. And I think that it's only going to get better because people are kind of dumb okay, even but if say, the next movie, say the flop, next movie comes it. out. The next movie comes out and it's a total devastating flop. I don't think that it can be to be honest okay. because All right. 
a lot of that is driven behind the scenes by the the studios and everything like that. But the new fans are going to like the new movie regardless of, of what it is as long okay. as it tells a good story. Okay. It doesn't have to be 100% old Star Trek for All people right. to enjoy it. All right. I, I, so the, I the point of the new audiences is already built and will will remain there. And the plus, only people even, that even might, a movie that does badly still has you know millions of people see it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like you still get – there's that saying that any marketing is good marketing. Right. So there's still going to be – if I go see the new Star Trek movie and it's a total flop, I'll probably love it. Yeah. I, I walked out of Nemesis and I thought, yeah, I'd see that. I, in fact, I did. I saw Nemesis like three times in the theater. Oh, geez, how? Didn't love the movie, actually. And that was one of the first times I walked out of a Star Trek movie going, you know, I don't. Maybe it was actually Insurrection. The first time I walked out, I, went, I walked out of Insurrection, I went, yeah, that I, think was... I just saw an episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but even then, still, I, I saw that one multiple times and, you yeah. know, it's like, you, there is a certain success rate even on a bad movie. Right. All right. Now, so no, thing. I don't think that the game's uh, success is going to be monitor is going to be dictated by the success of the new franchise. I think that it's already done its job right. in bringing new people to Star Trek. Okay. And if they want to be gamers, they're going to look I up stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes yeah. sense to me. So let's talk about one thing that I'm worried about might be a potential issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how to say this lightly, so I'm just going to say it is one of the potential threats in 2010 <laughs> for Star Trek Online. Is it cryptic itself? Huh. And here's what I mean. is um, Boy, Star Trek is just this massive thing. It's yeah. different for everybody. And I asked you guys a few episodes back with how many people came to the 2009 convention in Las Vegas. I don't even remember the number. Right. It's like almost three times what BlizzCon brings in. Right. And, you know, there's, there's just this epic amount of history to it. There's this wide range. I mean, I could even see a guy like my dad who grew up watching Star Trek the original series, when it, when it originally aired, has continued to follow it more casually mm-hmm. and, and but would still be willing to, uh, probably more inclined if it was on a console, but he'd be more willing to pop this game in and check it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm sometimes worried that it's almost too much for one single company to sort of wrap around. Like and handle. Paramount and CBS, the, you know, Long-time holders of this of this intellectual property mm-hmm. still screw it up constantly. Yeah, they make mis- they make bad steps all the time, and this should almost be at this point in their DNA. Right. Um, but they license bad games um, constantly. Yeah. yeah, and so and so there is a going to be so cryptic. I feel is already under a, a large pressure from their fan, from the game's fan base before the game even out. And I just can't imagine once and the game's in production. And to be fair, I mean, we've already lambasted Cryptic for their poor PR in the past. I don't see it improving significantly. I do feel that things will be a little bit better once the NDA is released because we all know Cryptic themselves is under an NDA as well. Um, so once more of that can more, be more freely discussed, I think things will improve yeah. somewhat. But we also know that they have a history of not telling us the whole story. Well, here's or the thing, and to that point... getting just, their points wrong and jumping the gun. What I wanted to say to that is, I've been thinking about it, mostly when I'm on the toilet going potty, um, <laughs> that... Uh, That's prime thinking time. Cryptic does a lot of things in the... In, so another area, you know, I love Star Trek, and technology is my other area of focus and passion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Cryptic, in a lot of ways, their PR acts like Apple PR, in that they want to, ver- they want to have a very good message, a very controlled message, a very right. synced message. Uh-huh. So they'll release information in stages, and they'll release screenshots in stages, and right. they'll release bits and pieces here. The problem is that works for Apple. And it works for technology in general. The flip side is, is Apple is it's a very one-way 
relationship. I go, mm-hmm. I buy a laptop, I come home, I use the laptop. Yeah. With Star Trek Online, it's very much more, it's a much more porous, open communication. Especially since we've already been told that Cryptic has their ears to the forum, to the right. community. And the problem is if you take a closed sort of Apple approach at your marketing, in a way, not that Cryptic does this completely, but there's some elements of this. But the community itself wants this two-way dialogue. Uh-huh. There's no way for Cryptic to scale to that because the community is going to grow. It's already too big for that kind of thing. And when the game's in production, it's going to scale so large. There's no way for Cryptic themselves in-house to bring in enough staff that would make it reasonable and profitable to sort of engage the community on the level they want. So what they have to right. do is they have to kind of they have to farm some aspects out. Instead of, instead of telling us the way it is, they need to be okay with the concept of, us coming to them and asking questions, right, and then, and then be willing to respond. I think I think a lot of the issues surrounding the misunderstandings with the Klingons, mm-hmm. which I kind of have a better appreciation for now because we've talked about it over at our forum at JupiterColony.com. There's been some some better explanations of of what people are thinking and feeling, and I kind of have a better grasp on what's going on now. Yeah. And to me, it's really been a matter of uh, communication. Yeah, it has been from, from the core. From the from the first standpoint to now. In fact, if you go back and you if you look at the uh the the, the big trailer that came out for Star Trek Online that's still oh, yeah, on yeah, it's yeah. on Atari's website if you go to the That's the one that starts with one. the big 360 of the ship and then it goes into the bridge the and everything. Klingon, it's a Klingon narration. The right. ship warps in and then yeah, you go into the ship, you you go you pan around the captain and he's looking at the view screen mm-hmm. and it's all about how you can play a Klingon and you can take down the Federation as a Klingon right. and you can and it, the way it sets it up is it sounds like Klingon versus Federation. If the Klingons blow up a starbase, that's going to directly impact the storyline for the Federation players. Right. It's not. It's not clear from that trailer. But if I didn't know anything else about Star Trek Online and I watched that trailer, I would unequivocally think that it's complete parallels in gameplay for the both sides right. of the Klingons and the not Federation. only that, but that the PvP battles or the battles that you will fight uh, for either side actually have an effect on the way that the war is going for and either the, and side. And the problem is, is that. That could have been cleared up if some of the questions that were originally asked were directly answered. Instead of, right. here's your answer, mm-hmm. and then we respond with the question, oh, no, no, we're not talking about that, but here's your answer, or something else. Yeah. What yeah, happens a- is it's, it's, they tried to control a message, and the, there was, but then the community had to work with what was given to them, and there was uh, some misinformation. There was sometimes the wrong thing said at the wrong time. Yeah. Not to mention, Cryptic has the difficulty of, having to comment and answer questions about a game that they're still developing and making changes right. to. So what they answer one day might be either wrong or <laughs> because it'll change in a week or it might already be in flux. And But the problem is, is while they're still figuring it out, mm-hmm. so they're trying to decide what the next thing they should release to the PR outlets uh-huh. are, there's the community that's taking the previous answer and extending it from there. Right. Which is exactly what the community is supposed to do because that's what makes the game successful in the first place is a passionate, thriving community. Right, right, right. Um, and a, and, and a, that's a unique advantage to a Star Trek game because it's a Star Trek community that everyone has a common passion, a common history, mm-hmm. a, a common love for this, for this franchise, for this idea, for this property, and that is such a way to engage that community and they're, they're going to do that. That's exactly what Cryptic needs to do. But you've got to work with them on a more porous basis, a yeah. back and forth, not a right. just telling them something. Yeah. And you have to respond to they what they wrong, get. If they get that wrong, they will piss on the fire that's brewing in their community. And you have to, you have to evangelize and burning the core pee base. Is bad. Burning pee right? is bad. Right? Especially smell. if you've got like a bladder infection. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Drink cranberry juice. Yeah. Uh, but if you, a message from your friends at Stoked. Yeah, the more you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you uh, if you if you don't 
have an evangelized base who's going out there and twittering and blogging and doing podcasts and so, all of these things that get the message out to even more people. That is your most powerful tool as a so somebody in really, today's market. Your point is that you're worried that cryptic is just not big enough for the audience that they're no, no, that they're no. In addressing. fact, I would say it's the exact opposite. I think really? cryptic is approaching it with a with a big company mindset, like Apple, control the information. Oh, and you think that they the need to be more down to earth, more fingers in the, all the what pots. What they need to do is work at the community level. Let the community, uh, you know, give clarifications when clarif- clarifications are needed. Give give guidance and direction, but. The community is the only thing that can scale with the game if it becomes popular. Cryptic will never be able to put that is enough an resources point. and staff into the Cryptic PR department to scale with a hugely, massively successful no, game. No, so you have to rely on your community to build your PR for it's you. It's the only way to do it if you want to be successful. And yeah. if, they, if they don't quite follow that, in 2010, they're going to stifle the kind of raging fire that's beginning. And if you stifle mm-hmm. that fire... You're, you're looking at a much rockier, much slower start of the game. Well, and that's the kind of thing that you can't – it's almost impossible to reignite at a later point in time. Absolutely. If you don't keep your momentum going, yeah. it's yeah. almost impossible to get going again. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's, it's a little bit of a more trickier situation than it is with Champions Online or it was earlier on with City of Heroes because there's not this 40-plus uh, years of baked-in uh, right. love for the franchise. Right. And so there's people that are there – with a whole other level of investment than anything I think Cryptic's ever seen before in any other property they've ever produced before. Yeah. And so I think there's maybe... I'm, I'm, I'm fearful. I believe Cryptic understands that. You know, Our conversation with Daniel seemed to indicate that. Yeah. But then again, on the flip side, there's actions, and those actions speak louder than the words. Well, I'm, I'm not going to um, make any judgments quite yet because oh, as uh, I yeah. mentioned, yeah. Um, they are under NDA. And yeah. we don't know if... Um, Everything could change around open beta time and around, around release. Right, and I'm... I'm really hopeful that it does because I've already spoken with a number of crypto. You know, we have uh, contacts with some of them. Some of them uh, are fans of the show, so thanks. Um, <laughs> and they respond sometimes to things that we say on the air, and, and it's great. They seem like really down to earth, really um, com- uh, passionate people and about what they're doing. With what the community is saying, and yes, you find and, them in the forums and things like right. that. Right, and they've got their, they've got their finger on the pulse. They seem to a lot of them anyway, but they just don't come out and show us. So and, I'm hoping that when the uh, the end date when NDA they can, when they're in a little bit better position. Now, I still yeah. think though that they could have handled the communication with the Klingons. Uh, uh, they could have. I don't know if they had to go to some NDA master Datari and say we really have to address this. Yeah. Um, and if they didn't see it coming, then they weren't interacting enough with the community. Yeah, absolutely. So either they didn't see it coming due to they didn't have their eye on the ball, and maybe that's just because they're extremely busy making an awesome video game, right? Or they didn't they didn't address it properly when they did see it coming. But well, either or, way, or though, the third not, option is that it's changed so much since they started talking about it that they were oh, reticent I, to I'm actually sh- bring out new information. I'm sure there has been. I think I think that's probably in the in the long run, looking back at it, I'm sure I think that's probably what happened uh-huh. with the beta with closed beta invites. I think there was some things that were assumed. That oh, some some people said mm-hmm. that then later on they decided to go about it in a different approach so that maybe they could scale the beta better. Well, to be honest on that topic, I just think that they didn't anticipate the response that they got numbers wise. Well, and that kind of goes back to my original point: is if they're ready for this kind of uh, rabid right. fan base. Yeah, and, I mean, it's I don't know. We'll see. But I think I think if you look at it, you've got uh, I think I think it is hardcore enough <clears> for Trek fans if they'll re- if they're willing to look at it. It, that it is the same kind of thing that the motion picture is the original series and right. the Star Trek 2009 is. To it's Nemesis. a reinvention of some things and a, a staunch. It's a change of the format a bit, but it's it's a right. But at the other side, the reward is that it's a living, breathing that you are actually evolving a part of. Star Trek storyline. Yes, 
so the benefit, in my opinion, outweighs the is it Trek enough. Um, and it is Trek enough if you're willing to accept some of those concepts. Yeah. Um, then, then the movie franchise, I think we both probably agree, successful or not, the next movie and the future movie has already set up, set up a fan base. Yes. And even yeah. if the new movie tanks, Star Trek Online is going to be fine. Yeah. The question mark. That, the well, like I said, though, I think that the, the effect that the movie has had on the potential of Star Trek Online success has already been made. The big question mark, although I'm hopeful, and it sounds like you are too, is is Cryptic going to be an issue uh, for Cryptic's own success with Star Trek Online? Sounds like there's some potential there, but we both agree that things, the whole story could change when you NDAs know, one are more, lifted and whatnot. One more bullet point on that. Um, Cryptic is a gaming company, is an, is, a, is, is an MMO company. So they understand not only the, the fact that they need to grow their product over time, but maybe their company – Needs to be able to grow and change over time as well. Well, and I think they so. Been, hopefully, they embrace I think that. Met on. the challenge of Star Trek Online, you know, in a way of like doing research and due diligence on the Star Trek sure. franchise. They've they there's things in the game that when you see it, you'll be like, somebody somebody really knew Star Trek to get this right. Right, and yeah. you'll that'll be a really feel good moment for the player because mm-hmm. uh, there's a few of those just in the playing that I've done. <laughs> but yeah. There's a whole other aspect, and that's understanding the lifelong Star Trek fan. You almost have to have been one yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of them at Cryptic, so I think we'll get there, but we'll see. And, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be an ongoing thing that we cover on the show. Uh, but to be honest, um, there are some major things about the Trek universe that I think will be overlooked, and there were always going to be the hardcore fans that aren't getting what they want because yeah. their focus has been on something like, per, for example, the Romulans are not a playable faction at, at release, and at there's a good amount of the audience that that was what they wanted to do, and yeah. they're kind of effed. So hopefully for now, I mean, there's always possibility. That's the great thing about the MMO sort of market is, unlike a lot of other games, when Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 comes out, the essential game is set. Right, that's it. Unless they somehow have a downloadable content. But you look at like Champions Online and look at all of the different things that have changed in Champions yeah. Online since release. To, and it's only been feedback. like uh, four months, three months since release, and they already right? they always, they fair, already have a uh, a new um, power set, an entirely new what you might call a class <laughs> has been added to that. Yeah. Um, and that was free. You didn't have to buy anything. So, uh, right. yeah. So that, that puts them on a good track to, to be able to give us what we want, really. Yeah. Yep. We'll see. We'll talk about it more as the story develops. One, one last bullet point on that is Zam did, ran a contest, I guess, or, uh, well, I don't know if it was right. voted or if they decided, but they it was said voted that, on by their community. The community says that, um, Star Wars of the Old Republic is the number one anticipated game of 2010, followed by Star Trek Online. Though hmm. Bioware uh, kind of, you know, set things up with the community in their forums to get them to go yeah. vote. <laughs> and I, I use the term vote loosely. But, and they uh, kind of uh, told people on their forums how to cheat the system a little bit. But, so we don't know exactly how accurate. But um, actually, there's an article that came out with it, and they did a very nice write-up on yeah. Star Trek Online. So yeah. there's, there's some good points made in there. And, and the link will be in the show notes if you want to check that it out. It sure will. All right, should we move on? Lightly, a light dusting of a little Klingon news. Yeah. Just to kind of uh, touch on a couple of things. We don't want to get our, our butts set on fire again. <laughs> yeah, we kind of took a beating last time. Uh, the um, After the last show came out, episode 16 came out, Cryptic Hell Day asked Cryptic Session about Klingon gameplay. Yes, they did. It was a two-parter. Yeah. And uh, the uh, the main thing is it sounds like is uh, people really wanted to have – people had a lot of questions regarding PvP. Mm-hmm. And and they tried to address that. Now, is there anything in particular from this conversation? There's just a couple of things. Well, I again, something that, that we did mention last um, top last episode is that uh, a lot of Klingon players are concerned with the fact that they're not going to have any PVE content. Well, this Ask Cryptic Part Two um, lays it out for you some of the PVE content that is already in the game, and that they do have plans to add more. 
Um, so there are things like there are, well, it's not entirely PVE, and uh, maybe that doesn't There's, sit so well with some people. There, in these, PVE, the player versus environment would be like um, more of a scripted type thing. Where yes. You would go and you'd you interact go against with an object. Or, or artificial intelligence NPCs. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then they're then they're more mission-based, and then there's mm-hmm. the PvP where you're just literally going and fighting other players of the game. Yeah, now there are PvP maps called War Zones that are open zones that people can join and, and take on mm-hmm. objectives. Mm-hmm. Those objectives are PvE-based, and if they're... As a team. Be, yeah, if or they're... At what they're called you know, if you warp in, Yeah, if you warp in with your house, let's say you're five birds of prey, and you so go into this war Klingons. zone, and you're going to take it over, and there's no Federation players, you can still progress. There are still objectives within those war zones that you can defeat and you can win the zone without having to ever see a Federation player. So the house is to what a fleet is in for yeah, Federation they're, they're players. Equivalents. And uh, you can, you know, as a group, you can go in there as a team and mm-hmm. you can share the XP and things like that. Which yeah. is a cool way to do it. Right. Um, now, they also will have deep space encounters. And that, now, is that like where you're flying through sector space and you run into another ship? Yeah, these are like the random encounters that have been talked about before. And, and Jack Emmert actually compared them to Baldur's Gate random encounters. Uh, that's a bad comparison, Jack. You kind of failed there. <laughs> is that? I don't... Yeah. I don't what's, why is that bad? I don't know um, about Baldur's Because, Gate. well, uh, it's just bad. You're going to yeah. have to take my word for that one, Chris. All right, all right. <laughs> well, I remember like, uh, you know, Final Fantasy walking around and you have that... And then it and would... Sh- yeah. <laughs> and then now you're fighting. Yeah, it's closer to that. And you do have a chance to run away. You can see it coming, so maybe it's more like Zelda. Zelda 2? You know, you don't always have a chance to see it coming. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes. But anyway, those exist on the PvE side of things, and you can take on those NPC federations and advance through objective-based encounters like that. Um, So there is still a... uh, It's probably just regular old space combat, much like the federation side has... Patrol missions. But it's definitely not as... Yeah, it is, it is a lot... You know what? It is probably a lot like patrol missions. in Because it's definitely not as in-depth as the Federation side of combat. Yeah. No, there was an interview uh, about a month ago that, that mentioned basically that patrol missions were not um, very good. <laughs> you know, the reading between the lines. Yeah, that was the Federation side of things. Oh. It's basically, they're, they're boring... They're not very well written. They're ways to fill time between episodic content. They, they are, but then the but the thing about it is is if you don't want to do it, then that is a perfect opportunity to go do some PvP. Absolutely. If you if you feel like you're just gr- and this is the thing this <coughs> is the thing that I didn't do in Champions that I now looking back at it regret, but I didn't fully understand it. Okay. If I'm grinding like I am so grinding right now in Champions, it sucks. Why don't I just go jump in PvP? Are you rewarded for PvP in, in Champions? I don't know. I but so. you would be in Stowe. I would be in Stowe. So if I'm feeling very grindy, and like I feel like I'm just taking forever to get through a patrol where I just blow, go here, blow five ships up, go here, mm-hmm. blow five ships up, go here, scan a thing. Boring. Or I go jump in, I go jump in the player versus player, and I get, I get just as much or now, more Now, to be XP. fair, it's not that big of a bone to the Klingon players, because if their only choices are go into PvP and advance and have fun against enemies or go do these boring patrol-like missions, right? you know... My gut tells me they do kind of get the short end of the stick there. My gut tells me, based on based on the uh, air quotes here feedback that they've gotten over Klingon gameplay, that's going to be one of the very first things yes. that gets added to in post launch content. Yes. Updates. Now we already know they're aiming for a forty five day patch. Daniel Stahl was uh, nice enough to to tell us that. So hopefully, um, those Klingons will be getting even more in yeah. forty five days. Yeah. And then my, if that happens, I very well may be sitting there scratching the old beard going, you know what? Maybe I should go play a Klingon. I could play a Klingon. <laughs> As of right now, I'm going to have a toy Klingon. Yeah. I'll have a, I'll have a toy Klingon that I go jump into every now and then 
to go do some stuff. You know, somebody put up a thread in the Jupiter Colony the other day about which, if you could play any faction in Star Trek universe, which would you play? And I had to think about it, but the honest answer is Klingons. Really? Um, now, uh, maybe the Borg. That might be fun for a little but bit. But I am, I would be a role-playing Klingon. And this is probably why I'm not going now, to be do doing it by as a much role-playing as, Klingon? I loved Klingons in DS9. I thought that their culture, their backstory, their traditions and everything was... Mm-hmm. Well, they're definitely one of the most developed alien species in Star Trek. Yeah. So you, I thought that being I still don't know that, what you mean though by role playing. Like you, like I would probably act like a Klingon, and I would try to learn the Klingon language as best I could to get my points across, and, and gotcha. yelling at the others, and so you would try defending to, the honor of my house. Right, you would try to take, yeah, okay, I got you. Yeah. All, right. Well, all right, yeah, and maybe you'll get a but chance. You know, still. with uh, Romulans, what about you? Wouldn't play like a Vulcan? Those are pretty cool, right? No, Vulcans really are are pretty much the antithesis of cool, to be honest. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> I. What about Borg? Would you be tempted? No. Really? I want my own brain. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. Imagine if you could do a way to network players together. I don't want you listening. Decisions. Chris, I do not want you listening to my thoughts. That's Ventrilo right there, pretty much. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on um, from with the Klingon stuff, if, if you want to talk to us more about Klingons, head over to jupitercolony.com, and mm-hmm. there's plenty of robust discussion in there and Still. civil discussion yeah. at that, which is awesome. Yeah. Which is nice because there's not always civil discussion everywhere on the net regarding these topics. No. All right. Let's talk about the name, the star, that starship contest, because I also want to hear what you named oh, your okay. starship. So we've I got three ships, right? I don't remember what I named them all. We've got a... Uh, a tier five, a tier five, which they're is, all tier five, which is the, uh, the top tier, right? And these are cryptic original ships. That's right. So y- you wouldn't be really seeing these ships until later on in the game, but at the same time, they'd be kind of coveted. So it's kind of cool. Sort of. It'd be kind of cool because you're naming the class of a ship that would be pretty coveted by the by the player. Well, player and also base. keep in mind that every ship within a tier um, and within a class is is customizable with all the pieces of the others. So I think like that the tier five cruiser that they're having us name, yeah, um, is going to be interchangeable with a, I believe the sovereign is a cruise tier five cruiser. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds like so. The, the, now that's the only one that I remember the name of. I put in now, my, my the name cruiser, in the cruiser. Say okay, Jupiter, uh, Jupiter class. Give me a quick schooling on cruiser versus escort. Uh, escort is like the defiant. The um, small, very maneuverable, fast, fast yeah. um, heavy, hard hitting, um, and a cruiser is more well balanced. Yes, the cruisers also have a larger crew complement, but also very powerful. Also very comp, uh, yeah, very powerful. Yeah. Um, but they also they're pretty much well balanced. They don't have as many forward place, placed um, weapon installments as escorts would, and uh, they have okay. more energy. Um, we've been told that like your energy levels at base have basically two hundred units of whatever energy it is to split up among four different types. Well, as you go up in different ranks of ship, you'll get more energy and the cruisers get more of any other class. So maybe a tier one cruiser has a two, two ten, two fifteen allotment while the other ones are only two Oh five. Gotcha. Something along those lines. All right. So we've got three ships to look at now. Um, I'll be honest. We're uh, let's, let's take a look at this. Uh, I don't know which ship this is. If this is the cruiser, or that not. is the cruiser. Okay. Yeah. So we're looking here at the cruiser. It's, it's pretty cool looking. Yeah. It's not bad. It looks like a cross between kind of a sovereign and an intrepid. An upside down sovereign with, uh, yeah. You know, because that's like the, yeah. It's no. very sleek, very streamlined, very galaxy esque. Not bad. Yeah. I, uh, now, what did you come up with the name for that? This guy? is the only one I could remember, and this would be the Jupiter class. Oh, nice. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that would. would be awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one down is um, this is the escort. I just don't like the look of this ship. It looks weird. It you looks don't like, like it some even? sort of insect. Oh, I thought or for something. sure you'd like it, so I'm glad you don't like it. No, it's got the <laughs> nacelles are like sitting up above the saucer. Well, um, 
You know, it's not necessarily uh, uh, the the deflector dish is cool. The concept, that big old dish sure. in the front. Mm-hmm. And by the way, uh, this is a subspace anomaly behind it. <laughs> we don't know what anything, but there was another screenshot where it was named with where the, where they show this background and it's named the screenshot's named subspace anomaly. Huh. We don't know anything much more about it. But it kind of um, looks like the wave that emanated from the destruction of the Klingon moon Praxis. No, that was blue, but it was lightningy. Yeah, so no. was the Nexus. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Uh, this dish is just a whole lot of deflector dish. <laughs> that's all I have to say. This ship's just a whole lot of deflector, and uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I think I named it like something from Greek. I think it might have been like the Zeus or something. Not, uh, not the Jupiter? No. I just named them all the Jupiter class. <laughs> all right. Uh, now, actually, this next one I really dig for some reason. Now, what do you think of this, this next ship? I think it's goofy. And what is this? This is a science ship, <laughs> This is right? the, science, the deep space science okay. ship. I, you know, it's got this bottom nacelle that, to me, r- reminds me of a ship rudder or something. Yeah. And it looks like a space yacht. I love that. <laughs> I really do for some reason. I don't know. I want that ship. I named this after some, I think it was like Galileo or something. I don't Something that's not already taken. I think there might already be a Galileo, but it was some ancient um, famous astronomer. I look at this. And I picture like the the top of the the top top of the which is you can't really call a saucer section anymore, but no. for lack of a better primary term, hull. Well, the the uh, the is the is this the primary is that the secondary hole and the primary hole is where the engineering is. Uh, I don't know. But on top of the saucer is like a, a like a, a a small mini dome of like looks like you know freaking laboratories are up in there mm-hmm. and all kind like I can see well, some science is going on in this ship. Yeah, and maybe that bottom rudder is to navigate the. Treacherous waters of, well, not waters, but the treacherous <laughs> gases of nebulas and whatnot. I think know? that's the deflector dish on the front there, too. So maybe it needs its whole other section to, in order to be oh, a, that's a the very high-powered That's deflector. not a nacelle. It You're, could be both. You know what, though? I, I love the idea of like some sort of crazy deflector dish that has to be moved away. because like. But you know what? If that was a deflector dish and you were a Klingon, wouldn't you just shoot oh, it right yeah, off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's I'm, got these two little things holding it on, just blown away. But I would say that that's <laughs> always been my problem with every Starship design. Is if I'm a Klingon, the first thing I'm targeting is the bridge. That little dome sitting on top <laughs> of the ship. That you know, All I have to do is punch through the shield. And I, I can't believe it took till Nemesis before we saw the view screen get blowed out. That just, to me, was like, <laughs> that's where I'm shooting at. And I thought, I thought, well, maybe you don't want to shoot there because you want to take the ship for your own and you need a bridge in order to run it. You know, they're always trying to blow them up, though. In the movies and whatnot, they're always trying to blow them up. And I just, to me, that's where I think Battlestar Galactica got it right. You put that bridge in the middle of the ship. Yeah, protected, protected by the entire rest of the ship. Right, right. Um, Good point. Yeah, because all it would take is a collision even. Just a yeah. collision and that bridge is shaved right off. Right. But either, or one of your nacelles is off. Some interesting designs and, you know, we this is an, uh, a I'm few not gonna of the... It, I'm not going to call the science ship bad, but it's goofy. It's a, I like it. The only one I don't like is the Escort. It's goofy as well. Although if I could if I could cause some ruckus with that deflector dish, that's you just can, massive. You can kind of um, imagine that escort like flying around, you know, doing defiant moves and stuff like that with that those weird nacelles. Yeah, it's very insect like to me, and I don't. It's very raptor like, like those like the little mini fighters that God, I keep talking about Nemesis, but those little fighters that Picard and Data got into oh, yeah, out yeah. of the Romulan ship. Yeah, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's very raptor ish kind. Maybe of thing. inspired by. Maybe. Either way. You know what? Go I'd put your own name in the hat. Call the cruise of the Jupiter because you love us. And <laughs> you can come up with your own names for the rest of them. Now we're like Bioware over here trying to, <laughs> trying to rig the system. All right. Uh, so uh, there was a, which I didn't even know about this, so I'm glad you put this in here. Cryptic had a special holiday IRC trivia with beta giveaways. Mm-hmm. And uh, it blew up in their face? Yeah. So tell me about this. Well, um, I wasn't there. 
um, because I knew that it was going to be bad. How did you know? I didn't even hear about it. Well, they do these trivia contests every – it's either Tuesday or Wednesday and I avoid them like the plague because the IRC channel gets infused with these idiots just – I'm sorry. You're not idiots. You're just not very smart. And there's <laughs> – Thousands of They're them not just idiots. bombard. They're just passionate, dude, and they just get all worked up. And they like to be dumb on the internet. That's something that a lot of people do on the internet. That's you what we're might... doing right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, But anyway, I heard that the IRC room had to split twice because there were so many people wow. in there. Big turnout. And when they would ask questions, you know, when Cryptic would try to do these trivia con- contests, they would ask a question and 30 people would say, Han Solo! You know, and you could barely even read the question because they were just being idiots, being they needed to do like they a, were like um, you know, like an approved talkers only, like voiced. You can voice where you say these people have voice and these people don't, and you can toggle it during the. Yeah, but it, you know, trying to control an entire room or three of but that. How many do you people. do something interactive on that scale? You know what you do? This is what you do. You guys need to work with us. We'll get you hooked up with live you streaming and and coming calls. We, I thought I was thinking about taking calls in this episode. What in this episode, we're not going to do it because I I. I didn't get it set up, but I we mean, could do that sometime. Just, it would take just launching Skype and then giving. Well, and out some of our hard, hardcore fans have asked us about a and A Q&A session, I maybe think, to put on our iPhone app or something. Like I think that. I think we should. I think we'll do that. I think we'll start taking calls, and if nothing else, we'll put it in the Stoked iPhone app, which you can all link. I, I'm putting links to our our exclusive Stoked app, which is for the iPod Touch or the iPhone, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> we're going to start putting some exclusive content in there, mm-hmm. just as a thank you for helping support the show. Right, um, and you can also support the show by going to JupiterBroadcasting.com, and there's a there's a donate section on the right side. Yeah, but a little PayPal thing. We're gonna really easy. If we don't integrate it, or what we might do is put some calls in show, and then some some calls maybe not in show, depending on the content of the call or whatever. Yeah. we'll see what people like. So be really good, and you might get to <laughs> listen to yourself. <laughs> so and when we do that stuff, we'll coordinate over at Facebook.com/JupiterBroadcasting, and probably in in the forum too. Yeah, and uh, we'll announce. We'll try to get a schedule when we're gonna do a live show, so that way you know when to tune in. And uh huh. And we'll give out the Skype ID in the live show. Yeah, so that's something to look forward to. That could to. be fun. Yeah. All right, so uh, going on, do we want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the information we picked up on Nimoy? Oh, absolutely. This I came think... out the, the day after we recorded the last episode. Yeah. So we it's been around Zachary for a while. Quinto. You've probably already talked about this with all your friends because you're nerds and you love Leonard Nimoy. And uh, so are we. <laughs> yes. And we <laughs> know exactly how you feel. It's worth talking about. <laughs> and, and if you watch the uh, video of Nimoy, the first thing that jumped out at me is he's talking about stuff that uh, is seems to be relevant to content that we really haven't heard much about. He's talking yeah. about he he talk uh, Romulans are a topic of like voiceover that he's doing. He's yep. giving like the the Leonard Nimoy history of Romulans, which I love. You know the the whole trailer of him. It's titled Leonard Nimoy, so you know he's going to be in it. But the first thing you hear is that space in his right. gravelly old Vulcan voice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's this note you have here about Cardassians? Uh, this is a quote that he says: "The Cardassians chose a path that would lead them to hope and prosperity." Many hope this will, alliance would last forever. It did not. Now, he must be talking about the, uh, an alliance with the Federation? Maybe. Because, Probably, yeah. because that's where the path to 2409 has left them. We've been giving – we. The feds have been giving them – you know, I always – in my mind, for the Federation is the USA. That's, that's what it is in my mind. Really? I cannot separate them. So every time wow. I think of the Federation, it's our country. You just pissed off 30% of our audience. I am sorry. It's psychological. I blame Gene Roddenberry. Oh, there's the other 70%. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well done, dude. You did that in like a 30-second time span. That's impressive. I have been alienated. <laughs> I also has a quote in there. The truth behind the destruction of the Romulan homeworld may be the harbinger of the greatest threat the Federation will ever face. The truth behind the destruction yeah, oh yeah. of I the Romulan homeworld. Um, well, that just implies that the, the Hobus supernova 
might not have been an entirely natural phenomenon. And I think there's been hints. I think Cryptic's got a couple of things up their sleeve. And I kind of would like to know what's going on a little bit because mm-hmm. I don't want to get like a false sense of excitement. But I, like, you know, we know 8472 is in the game. Yeah. And we know they're shape shifting. Uh huh. We know that they've like impersonated Klingons. Yes. But we don't know why or what's going on there. Right. We know that something happened with the destruction of Romulus with that supernova. Right. And it sounds like there's more to that than we know now, mm-hmm. but we don't know what. Right. But I just love that line because it really sets you up to start your own speculations on the what's going on. I haven't heard anything from closed beta players or anything regarding mm-hmm. this stuff. So it's just like not even in the game yet or something. Now, to be fair, that could be Admiral-level content that we have been hearing very little about, it's if anything. It's just awesome, though, yeah. because I feel like you know I've got a good grasp on where I'm at in the game now. Mm-hmm. But this... There's so much more out sounds there. Sounds like there's... yeah. And I would have just dismissed it as, oh, that's probably just cryptic pie in the sky, something they're hoping they're going to do. But when you're but, laying down the dollars for Leonard yeah, Dillon, you're probably going to put that content in the now, game. Now, where do you think these voiceovers are going to sit in the game, though? I mean, we, you and I were talking about Me? this a little before. Here's what I kind of visualize. Uh-huh. So every time you warp into a sector, you get like that flyby beauty shot of the ship. When you enter, right. the, you enter the system and your ship flies in. And I imagine, cutscene. Hmm. You so know, like you, a flyby of Romulus and maybe an animated destruction, and it'll be Leonard Nimoy reading that. So, so the quotes from this video are several different intro videos oh, of some sort? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I was just thinking that this is going to be like the opening trailer. Like the first time you load the game up, maybe you get some sort of this is the world that we live that's in the sort thing, of thing. See, that's, see, that's your expectation is much more realistic and much more, <laughs> much more doable. My expectation is like this entire subset of content that nobody's heard about that would be epic crazy and probably not realistic and I'm kind of getting my hopes up. I hope so. they do yours. I know, but I think it's more likely it's going to be yours. <laughs> well, and that would get back to what we were saying earlier about really having to nail the point home right up front in the game that this is not the the J.J. Abrams verse. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe that's how they're going to do it. Yeah. A quick... a quick uh, Leonard Nimoy gives you a history lesson. A, a boiled-down version of the past 24-9 in a five-minute game trailer that mm-hmm. opens up and plays. And I would, I would think that's probably extremely reasonable. Is that's probably, that is probably the way that they'll inform new players of what they've just gotten into. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just slapping him in the face with Zachary Quinto and then taking Spock away. Yeah. That would be mean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, the good blokes over at Warcry, which we haven't mentioned for a couple of episodes, uh, they had a chance to play uh, some Star Trek Online, and uh, you might have heard of that game. And they played a little bit of that, and they wrote up a pretty good write-up on their experience. You know, this is a guy who sounds like he's been a little detached from... The world of Star Trek Online, he writes it from the perspective yeah. of someone who's just kind of coming into it for the first he's time. He's an MMO gamer. And just but... happened to get a beta invite. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, she's like, well, I wasn't going to play, but my wife kind of twisted my arm, so now I'm going to play. And, oh, I just tripped over this beta invite, and so I went and plugged it into the computer, and yeah. that computer brought up this game here. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what? Come on, buddy. How many people had to... Either you're BSing me... Or you just, they're handing these people, these invites out completely randomly. To everybody but us. Yeah. Well, no, we're in beta, but. We bought it. Yeah, that's true. We did buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, it, but <laughs> the article is interesting from the perspective of somebody who hasn't been following it as closely. Right. And that goes back to the previous conversation about new fans to the genre or to this game. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to be introduced to certain aspects. There's some things in this article that us having played beta are going like, well, duh. You just. Duh. Yeah. But then there's other things. That he mentions, like, one of the things he mentions is it's hard to find stuff. Yeah. 
And the truth is, is it really is sometimes <laughs> way harder than it should be to find stuff. But that's because the maps and all that stuff are still in development. And that yeah. is kind of the responsibility you take on as a beta tester. That's right. And you're helping them kind of figure out what they need to do to tweak those maps in order to make them more playable. That's right. That's right. Um, one of the things they show, is, one of the screenshots she shows, which is uh, something we haven't seen a lot of, we've only seen a couple, uh-huh. maybe one before, uh, is sector space. Yeah, th- these are very... And sector space is, um, what, how would you describe it? It's well, like it was also um, recently referred to as Astrometrics View. Yeah. Um, it's kind of an abstraction of the sector that you're flying through. It's it's supposed to be that you're at very high warp, and this is right. – uh, you so know, you wouldn't just, actually be able to see anything at warp. Right. Um, you wouldn't see a planet uh, or a system off in the distance and decide – going so fast. Right. And instead of just having like your ship there with stars streaking, which would get boring after five minutes. Right. There is a navigatable sector space, and that's what they're showing in the screenshot. Now, this sector space is an adaptation. I, I try to consider it as this anyway, of things like flight path systems in World of Warcraft or stuff like that. It's long distance traveling, dude. Um, but you way have your hands than on anything like that. But it's an adaptation and, and an ah, evolution of, of that same concept. Uh, that's like that's like saying that the human the human race is an adaptation of the trout. <laughs> I mean, it is so much farther. <laughs> but it's <beyond>. true. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I'm saying. It's just like it's so much further beyond that, though. It is so, okay. So I've recently, I've recently, recently taken to playing with headphones. Okay. I've never been a big headphone player because I've got a pretty loud sound system with a big subwoofer, yeah. and I crank it up, and I'm in, I'm in that sucker. <laughs> headphones, though, you pick up minute details, and this. I think one of the reasons why crypto doesn't show sector space is because looking at it in the screenshot, I'm like. That looks kind of plain. It is an abstraction. I mean, it's not real. It's, it's like this third world you go into, and they have. And this is the point about the headphones. There's little um, musical hints and tones and mm-hmm. sounds, and and kind of an airy quality that makes you feel like you're in this out of body experience. It's yeah. very subtle. It's just one of those little touches that I was just like hot. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> you don't capture any of that in the screenshot. No. And now I kind of realize why. To be honest, this screenshot looks a little boring. But yeah. sector space is a great idea. Oh, it's the best way to, 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 to boil down travel over. Space is big, guys. Yeah. Turns out if you actually had to travel for the amount of time it would travel, nobody would be playing this game. <laughs> so sector space is a great way to do it. And they've done all these little refinements. And this is why we're not seeing any screenshots of it because it would only work at best in a video trailer. But these video trailers are so fast-paced, they can only yeah. show it for like five seconds at most. Well, and even then, um, you know, it's entirely in flux. And just as we were saying earlier, Cryptic oh, yeah. seems very um, hesitant to put out anything on something that's going to change. We know that this is going well, and to understandable, change. Understandable. Understandable. The yeah. flip side is... There's a community out there that's already trying. If you don't answer their questions, they'll they'll come up with their own answers uh-huh. in a way, and yep. and that's what that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, even if they just had somebody on the forums just stopping by every once in a while and saying, "Nope, sorry, you're wrong," or or uh, <laughs> or uh, hey guys, check out Sector Space. It's a work in progress. We plan to do more, but right now this is where it's at. You don't even right. have to say you plan to do more if you just really. You always have to remind people. You, just like we always we'll say JupiterColony.com. Uh-huh. Five times because most of the times people. I think that was six. Yeah, well, people will only hear it five times, and we say it's six. Yeah, you've got to every time say this is a work in progress, guys. But here's where we're at. Right. Um, sector space is one of those things that's awesome, but it just doesn't really work. And that is especially um, true for new MMOers, which there's a huge audience coming into Stowe that I I haven't previously encountered. Despite my um, World of Warcraft experience, I would consider myself a new MMOer because I've played yeah. World of Warcraft for six seven months. Mm-hmm. 
champions for three. Right. And that's pretty much it. But there's there are people that have never touched an MMO in their life, but because this is Star Trek, they're going to do it. Oh, this is interesting. These screenshots are no longer available. Oh, this one is. Okay. And so um, uh, some of those people don't understand things like that the game will change after release. And so nailing that home is something that I think is important. Here's a shot of um, – this is, this is still from the Warcry uh, article. Mm-hmm. Here's a shot. This guy uh, – we haven't seen a lot of these, so it's neat that he's posted this. This is the shield effect. Yeah, effect. there's a shield bubble. He's there's being a shield shot. Bubble, and you also can clearly see the four quadrants of the shield. Right. Um, so if you're looking at the screenshot here, you have you can see the phasers aren't terminating on the ship themselves, but they're they're hitting a wall of energy, which yeah. is the shield. And then there's these blue uh, uh, outline around the ship. Yeah, kind of a, a UI element that, that sits. Then, and that indicates the status of that guy's shields in that area. So, uh, for example, if one of those quadrants of shields is missing, then your shields are down there, and you're going to be able to take direct damage if right. they hit you there. Mm-hmm. Um we haven't seen a lot of screenshots uh, of that in progress in a still form. They're in the they're in the, the trailers, but right. they happen so fast, you don't get to see them. So, uh, and you might not even see them unless you go frame by frame, yeah. kind of pick them apart. Yeah, some of you guys have. <laughs> it's, it's, the shields is an interesting the the way the shields work is an interesting gameplay because you you know you have to manage that. That's an aspect of the yeah. of the game that you, you need have to power be levels of. that increase um, not only how much shield you have but how quickly they regenerate. Right, and if you don't manage it appropriately, you will die. Yeah, and you will not be able to complete it. So it's. It's it's Chris a good knows thing all that. about dying. <laughs> I do. I, I do better than you expected, though. Come yes, on. yes, you are. Yeah, so which is still not very good. No, <laughs> you know, part of it is is the time thing. I'm still getting a lot of fun out of it, mm-hmm. but there's like guys that get to just play it a lot more than I do. But yeah, uh, I still have a good time, and I can catch up a little bit. Well, yeah, like the last um, beta window, you had to log off halfway through to go edit stoked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I didn't, no, no, the last beta window I couldn't come into for a little bit because I I was trying to get stoked out. And oh had, yeah, yeah, yeah. End. The previous beta session, so I could edit Stoke. So it was yeah. just, yeah. <laughs> the things I, the things I sacrifice for I you. I know the very game that for I cover. For you guys. <laughs> all right. Uh, do we want to talk at all about MMORPGs uh, Stoke preview? We've, we've, it's a lot of, it's a lot sure, of ground to cover. Because I but... put some screenshots in your folder, so right. uh, might as all right. well. All right, we'll mention it. it. Now, um, there's, there's one thing that he mentions that I don't think has come up before that might have been some sort of a scoop. Okay. Um, when you're in ground combat, there is a function that you can use to uh, pause the world. Oh. And give orders to your bridge officers. Oh, did we talk about that in here? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So that that idea would be that, you know, you don't want to – if you don't have – if you're too busy fighting, you don't have time to leverage the great mm-hmm. the great gameplay element of your bridge crew that's down there on a mission with you. Plus, maybe just because of the way that your uh, bridge officers are set up, they're not being as smart on their own as you want them to. Like there's the whole expose-exploit system um, – Maybe you need them to use their special ability right now. So you just hit pause, click on it, and bam, as soon as you unpause, they will use it. I have not seen this. Un- they have a, so they have a screenshot. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. showing you in the video version, hopefully right now, of a unique, uh, strange new life uh, that they've obviously yeah. explored and seeked out. And it's in the game here. <laughs> I don't recognize that uniform at all, but it's very cool looking. It's very unique. and there's something- It looks like an adaptation of a Starfleet fleet uniform. So it's look- probably something you can do in He's the He's in a Starbase, I would guess, with, some- with something exploding or burning behind him. Uh, right. Yeah. Very epic looking. For yeah. Sure. Interesting. Interesting example, though, of what uh, some of the character customizations might be. Yeah. He's across. He's not quite an Andorian because he's a little uh, it's shorter. Almost, it's thinner. almost gray alienish. He's got some green to him, right? Well, like you know the the stereotypical gray alien with the oh, big cranium oh, and the yeah. big dark and the flying black eyes. From the yes. 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this next screenshot from the MMORPG.com article is one. You want to talk about it? I want to talk about it because it's 
Tell us what it is, Chris. It's it's uh, it's a shot, an overhead shot. The camera is spun around, mm-hmm. and what you see is it's a it's a character who's beaming out, and he's standing on a transporter pad. Oh, okay. So that's probably something that'll be in the game quite a bit. It is beaming in and out of places. And now this is a. I'm gauging by looking at the character. I can't really see it that well, but I believe this is a shorter character to begin with. So yeah. the perspective is a little thrown off. Because I think it's a Ferengi, so they probably made him to look like Nog. Short. Yeah. Because you can adjust how tall your character is. Sure. One of the great things is in their character creator. Yeah. So it's a little, perspective's a little off. But even then, transported pad is gargantuan. Yeah. It's like the huge. one pad that he's standing on is probably large enough to hold his entire away team and some guests. And that's yeah. one quadrant, it one like, little it section. Looks, it looks like one pad the entire cast of the next generation could stand on and beam out. Yeah, comfortably, and, with a banquet table in the middle. <laughs> I <love that>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they could probably fit the entire staff room from Next Generation on that transporter pad. This is an example of there's certain laws you have to adhere to in a video game. Mm-hmm. This has to be big for a couple of reasons. Uh, large groups, there's yeah. all kinds of collision problems in a small cramped space. Right, you have to uh, compensate for large groups of players gamers and, their, and also, their bridge officers, potentially. Gamers will also uh, become disoriented in small spaces. They will. And the camera will clip and, and, and screw up in a third-party perspective mm-hmm. camera. Mm-hmm. I kind of, though, part Plus, of me feels like saying, so what? That's not my problem. <laughs> you know what? I mean, it's their job as the game developer uh-huh. to make that work. Right. Because this transporter is too big. Yeah. And Now, we've already seen shots of, of bridges, and Brian and I have gotten on them about how big but they I, are. But I know, disagree with the bridges. They look better. They're big more bridges, proportionate than this. Big bridges will work. Mm-hmm. Because there's chairs and consoles. That Even are the big right hallways, size. fine. Maybe sometimes they got to ship shuttlecraft through there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to beam a shuttlecraft or I don't, a I don't... defiant that you could fit on that pad. <laughs> so I have. I'm a, I'm a conflicted man on this issue because it's like, yeah, the set it's too big. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to play the game where the set's too small. No, that's true. Because then you would run into all the the problems that you just mentioned. But at the same time, I want it to look right. And I think what the answer was. And I'll say this, being a huge fan of all of the artwork and environments Mm -hmm. in Star Trek Online so far, but I think the answer was not to take the transporter that we all know and scale it and just just blow it up and make it big, but to invent a new-looking transporter. Because you can get away with that. You can get away with saying, hey, you know what? 40 years down the road, guess what? 30 years down the road, guess what, guys? Transporters look different now. They're big. They're big, and, and make them, you know, make something about it where but it just But this looks sense. like they took the transporter pad from Next Generation and just stretched it. The exact geometric pattern from the floor looks the same yeah. or very close to yeah. um, bad. There, there is a healthy argument to be made that in Star Trek, a lot of the sets have been too small because of budget reasons. Right, and sure. I hold Maybe they for, had to fit it in a closet of something. For the bridge, for the corridors. For different areas of ships and star bases, you see, mm-hmm. um, like there's a thread in our form right now about maybe Deep Space Nine is too big. Totally disagree. Yeah, Deep Space Nine was way the f too small in Deep it, Space Nine. It really was. There was, you know, it, it, you know, actually they did a, a size replica for the um, the the hallway at one point in the Star Trek experience in Vegas was made to be the exact same size as the promenade in DS9, and it was tiny for Vegas. I mean, yeah. it was only like 12 feet across. Yeah. If you had a crowd of people there trying to shop and trying to have a good time in Vegas, which DS9 should be somewhat equivalent to. Um, at least the promenade. At least the promenade. You know, it was, it was just, too small. It was way too small. So I think there, I think, I think you can kind of, you can, you can take that logic and you can dismiss the bridge size and the hallway sizes to an extent. Sure. 
transporter, I'm having a, I'm, I'm having a tougher time doing that. Well, it's a and question just, of form versus function. Yeah. You know, uh, you don't need a transporter size that big. This, though, is an aesthetics thing. And uh-huh. I'd almost rather, I'd rather have, at the end of the day, I'd rather have better gameplay. And I think they've taken the steps sure. to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I step onto that transporter pad, at least for a while, it's going to bother me. Yeah. I'm going to look at that and go, ah, not quite right. I don't know what they could have done. So that you can find those shots over at the MMORPG.com article. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ongoing discussion to that. Anything else we wanted to cover from this article? Uh, no. Okay. I'm done All right. with that one. Now, what about Ink Games? And they, they also had a hands-on preview. They released some information about. They have... Uh, um, no, I don't really... There's nothing really new okay. here. I mean, everybody's been doing reviews. They've all been basically saying the same thing. Although, one... Um, you get to comment on... If you comment on the review, you'll enter into win it. Yeah, at Ink Gamers, you can... There's a, we'll put that link in our show notes. Yeah. You can just basically... You just have to put a comment. You can probably just say hi, and your name goes into a hat, and you can win a beta key. You know, for the last week of beta. All right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but another thing that's um, prevalent in all of these um, previews is that everybody really likes ground combat. I do, too. Which is something that we were worried would be the downfall of Star Trek Online gameplay yeah. overall. I'm actually, to be honest with you, I'm worried that there's not enough ground combat. Um, yeah, I feel the not same based way. On any, not based on any beta play. I just know that I just I just foresee a lot of pressure for space combat. Well, especially with how much Which time you good, spend but... customizing your bridge officers, the ground combat is the only time that you'll see them. Well, and they they're doing cool things like the like the crouch and the roll mm-hmm. the, and the and the you know the the different maneuvers. Right. But you know, so far though, I'll say from my personal bait experience, I'm finding a pretty good balance myself personally. Okay. But I'm worried that down the road there could be a pressure cuz well, ev- I like know. I said, everybody in these previews is saying, I want to see more ground combat. Here's the flip side, though. I'm such an ass because I've been playing Champions this last week. Uh-huh. And you don't like it? I just I get so bored being on the ground. <laughs> I like fly in Champions just to not be on the ground. And then I'm like, well, all I have to do is fly to the next spot where I can walk on the ground. I'm, I'm like, I want to be back in my ship. <laughs> so I say those things. And then once I actually get it, I'm like, well, but you know what? I'm, I'm a typical, you know. You're um, a waffler. Yeah. All right, uh, you want to cover a couple screenshots before we wrap this big guy up? There was no articles out there that were just like, hey, here's some screenshots. So Ooh. the only ones that we were able to grab were things from like the MMORPG article that we mentioned earlier that was uh, right. a walkthrough of the preview. You know, here, I'm showing a good shot right now of the bridge from Ink Gamers. Yeah, this is part of their preview. Uh, this bridge is um, a little Spartan. There's different bridges. There's, Red alert! I guess, they, I guess there's four base bridges, and then like there's like 20 different combinations from each, each base bridge. Oh, okay. So this is just one bridge. That's similar to ship customization, then. You just choose pieces from different things. I think so, but I don't know. I mean, Mm. we don't really know much about bridge uh, customization at this point. No, they haven't done, like, an article or anything about that yet. Um, And again, that kind of goes back to the community starts to fill in the gaps because we're being being sort of baby-fed certain facts when they're ready to talk about them instead of having a a two-way dialogue. That's right. Um, so I so I made that a, I you made just made I, a good point, Chris. I just took a couple of things I've heard about the bridge and I just said them out loud. Mm-hmm. And now someone out there listening is going to take that and and assume that you're correct, which I'm not. You should know better. I may not be. And that, and the <laughs> problem is is it would work a lot better if we could have just had a clarification. Yes, you gave us information about bridges, but, but then you stopped. We had there. a question and it wasn't answered. And it's probably because they don't know yet. But, but they yeah, don't want to say they don't want to know because they want to sound like they're on top of it. Absolutely, tough position. I just. I think the current strategy is not working for me. Yeah. Here's another shot of a bridge, just to keep talking about bridges, from uh, uh, MMORPG's article. Yep. Um, it almost probably looks like the same bridge. They just released the... Go back to the other one. See, one angle. Oh, yeah, you can tell by the captain's pad. One angle, second angle. Yep. Yeah, and that's the same dude standing at the captain's yep. pad. So. so this is probably from the tutorial, and it's the same bridge that everybody's yeah. going to see. Yeah. 
Here's a shot of a Ferengi ground Ferengi. combat. And uh, we think this might be the same Ferengi that was beaming out because the article's from... And he MM- does look kind of short. And it's from MMORPGO. He's definitely, he's definitely on Something the Something I want to point out in this uh, is the brown uh, Elkar's window, the orangish-brown one yeah. in the bottom right corner. Yeah. Uh, if you read those, those oh, are yeah. tutorial tips. They are. So this is probably how they're going to be getting information to you. I like that it's like small and out of the way and everything like that. So and you can good. close it, looks like. Yeah. Because sometimes I just want all that crap out of my face. Yeah, get out of my face. I know he's how to do shooting the this. Borg right now. I don't want to be reading. Right. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Now, here's a shot of a land mission. This is from Ink Gamers. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is kind of... Um, not the best example of what the land missions look like, but at the same time, maybe it is in a way because there's there's some that we've seen that are just you know flush plant life and just just all kinds of colors. And, but you want a good uh, variety of now you're on a desolate kind of like it's filled with rocks, almost moon like planet, very yeah. industrial, um, very industrial. So um, probably like a you know some sort of mining colony or something. That's a know. good estimation. All right. Yep. I hey, think look, I think, that's a ship. Uh, we've got a bunch of screenshots <laughs> I want to throw in at the end. Um, is there anyone in particular you want well, to go back call to out? one because that one's one that I mentioned. No, one more. This shows a good example of the firing arcs. Um, oh, okay. I'm not sure how this guy got it to display. I think I know how, but I'm not going to tell you. Ha! But anyway, this shows you the firing arcs of some of your uh, weapons. So you know what range? Work. You know. So the firing arc is in this shot here is establishing. You'll be able to shoot things that are in this range yeah, of stuff. It stock. looks like about and, a about a ninety, maybe hundred. And that's up, degree. down, or to the sides. It's probably a cone, but they didn't want to put a big old cone attached to your ship. Right. Although so, a cone could look cool. Could be. Um, it would be very three dimensional. It's, it's by nature of being a cone. It's interesting. A lot of all these you shots just got have geometry. Have, <laughs> have the shots <laughs> turned off? All right. What, maybe we should end um, on this uh, Starbase Twenty Four shot here. We've seen, yes. We've seen uh, there's been more and more information coming about Starbase 24. Which is one of the first fleet actions that people will encounter. And this this shot is from Starbase 24. And it, there's wreckage floating in space. Something awesome. I really wanted to point out about this is this is the first fleet action that you will encounter. And this was in an article where a guy played for less than three hours. So you play the game for less than three hours and you're in a fleet action killing now, hordes of... fleet action means a uh, a mission that you go in with a group of people that's tuned for a group of people yeah yeah see i but i have played this solo mm-hmm. so, so and there are others that you i think can, that speaks pretty well to how it scales but i could see how this would be a credible amount of fun in a group yeah um this shot actually doesn't really show much of it you see a lot of wreckage and you see some fleet actions bots, are, are a equivalent of if you guys are playing champions online open missions are an exact almost copy of fleet actions they have scaling objectives. You know, each time you, you have to kill this number of this weak foe and then a stronger foe and then, then the ultimate goal. That's how All they work. Right. All right. So um, the, I, I wanted to show this shot because people are going to see this a lot in game because mm-hmm. um, it's just everything we're reading about it, it just looks like a ton of fun. Yeah. So let's, we'll end on that one and then I'll throw a bunch in the credits because I've got a whole bunch that I'm sitting on for that. Sitting on them. Yeah, I figure. I, well, oh, so now, they're nice and warm. Now that now that I've decided I'm going to do that all the time, I want to make sure that I kind of incubate them like an egg, hmm. like, okay. a, like a mother hen. And then at the end of the show, they're hatched. Mama. I just crap them all out. It's <laughs> terrible. All right, everybody. Well, if you want to get <laughs> a hold of horrible. us, you can email us. We are tips at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Yes, we are. And then, of course, there's also facebook.com slash jupiterbroadcasting. That's where we'll be organizing our live stream events and our call-in episodes. Mm-hmm. And then... If you'd like to engage with the community, you can do that over at jupitercolony.com. We have a form in there with a section just for Stoked. It's called Stoked. Not too hard to find. No. And extremely active. 
and a lot of good information. Almost too active sometimes. You know, I don't know. I, I love it because like I, before the show started, I was like, well, you know what? I want to make sure I don't miss anything right before the show launches because you hate to start a show yeah. and then like two hours before the show starts, there's some big news thing that we missed. Mm-hmm. I didn't go to Google News. or anything. The first place I went was our Stoked Forum. Oh, that's sweet. Don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's great. It's like, it's like the, the place to not only get information. But, but make sure get, you haven't missed anything. And to get sane commentary by the, by the people replying because it's always going to have replies in there. Yeah. It's just great. It's, it's, it's an awesome resource for that kind of stuff. So head on over. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for watching this episode of Stoked. We'll be back next Tuesday.